We are Taking the Helm with risk takers who are motivating us to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Welcome everyone to another episode of Taking the Helm and it's an exciting day because we are on episode number 20. We're going to meet an incredible individual named Karen in just a moment. Sponsorship though is a unique opportunity for you to promote your products and services. Taking the Helm is a podcast series that's devoted to people who want change in their lives, who want wisdom and inspiration. Be recognized by more of your ideal customers by contacting me to sponsor an episode of Taking the Helm. Now let's jump in. I have a feeling we are going to be smiling and laughing throughout today's interview. We have Karen Ross. She is with us and her mission is to help people improve the world. She's an author of five books. She's an artist, a coach, a consultant, and an internationally acclaimed keynote speaker. Welcome, Karen. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your passion. Hi, Lynn. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It is super exciting to get to be number 20. <laughs> First, I'm going to tell you, I'm sitting here in my studio in Naperville, Illinois, which is about 35 miles or 70 kilometers west of Chicago. And although I live in this area, I'm actually originally Canadian. Mm-hmm. You've spent half, I think you explained to me, 30 years here and 30 years in the U.S. So you got a nice little balance going. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, growing up in Canada, I actually went to York University and I got a master's degree in sculpture. Then I followed my husband to the United States and he did all of his grad schooling in the USA. And we ended up living here. And for that entire time that he was doing his grad schooling, I actually couldn't work because as the spouse of a foreign student in the United States, you can't work. So I stayed home, I raised two fabulous children and 14 years later, I actually got a work permit to work in the United States. And when you think about it, 14 years with no uh, work experience and being a woman, it wasn't necessarily easy to get a job. And I really had to think to myself, I'd wanted to be an art professor. And I had to think, well, what am I going to do now? And I went into customer service because that was the job I could get. I taught myself how to do lean process improvement with the help of a lot of fabulous friends along the way. At 55, when most people are starting to think about what they're not going to do, I started my own business, Karen Ross Consulting. And last year, I started the Love and Kindness Project Foundation, which is a registered public charity here in the United States, so that we could uh, work on creating a kinder world. And what does that look like, your foundation, the Love and Kindness Project Foundation? What does it look like in the roots from behind the scenes where you are? What are you putting out there for us? Well, Love and Kindness Project Foundation has a very simple mission, and that is to foster creative projects for kindness in the world. Think about it. If you have to think about anything that you're going to do, kindness is one thing that is going to give you a guaranteed return. It's never ever going to be a failure. There is no way to ever act kindly to someone and actually to have that fail. When you think about it, at the heart of every problem that we have, poverty, inequality, 
in different people, inequality in pay, homelessness. The root of all of those is actually a failure of kindness. So the more we can actually influence people to do what I call tiny kindnesses, your tiny kindness makes a huge difference and changes the world. So we're really just about asking people to do one more kindness, one more tiny kindness a day than they did before. Oh, when you think about the collective power of that, right? Uh, one time, you and I each doing a tiny thing, five people around us each doing a tiny thing. And that collective power is, is what's going to force change as well for systems, because we have a lot of broken systems, <laughs> quite frankly. Absolutely. And we can see that. And when you think about it, there are 7 billion people here on this earth. If everybody did one tiny kindness, now you say, well, what's a tiny kindness? Well, when you're walking down the street or you're on a Zoom call, smile at someone. You don't know what the rest of their day was like. You don't know if nobody has smiled at them. If you're at home with your family, well, you see that your child left a glass on the kitchen table, pick it up and put it in the dishwasher. All of these things are free. They don't require any special training. They don't require special classes to go to. All we need to do is simply think about how we would like others to treat us in situations and do those little teeny tiny acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. And once you start, once you do one, it just becomes, oh, it's easy to do another one and then another one and then another one. It just becomes part of who you are and what you do every single day. It's routine to be kind. Yes, because just like anything else, kindness becomes a habit. And actually to get better at any kind of habit, we need to practice. So. Mm -hmm. When we practice kindness, kindness actually becomes our practice. It's really super simple. I think there's some research out there that says you need to, if you, you need to do something 20 times consecutively for it to become, start to become a habit. I might have the number wrong, but it's about that. Yes. And actually, one of the books I wrote, uh, How to Coach for Creativity and Service Excellence, has uh, 21 days of practice because there is, and whether it's true or not, certainly in popular culture, we believe that it takes 21 days to make a habit. Okay, so I was one day off. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you talked about um, when you initially were uh, about to open up your business, you were taught on how to be lean. And you have an organization now called Women in Lean. What's that all about? Absolutely. Well, when I wrote Toyota Way to Service Excellence with my fab co-author, Jeff Liker, I received so many calls to speak at conferences and I went and probably for two and a half years, I did one keynote speech at a conference around the world every month. And I noticed that actually, for the most part, I was the only woman speaker on the agenda. Mm. And when I stood on the platform, looking out at the audience, 50% of the people in the audience were women. And I thought, I have to do something to raise the voices of women in lean. And so I started to work and to talk to different women and two colleagues of mine, Crystal Davis and Dorsey Sherman, we were at a conference. We did a session where we asked, what do women in lean want? What do women in lean need? And what can we do to help? And in that moment, we heard very strongly that women in lean didn't feel there was a seat at the table for them but they didn't want to wait for that seat. They wanted to 
create their own. So Women in Lean was born and we are a co-creative community. We are now more than 360 women from around the globe. We meet on a daily basis for daily check-in. We are a group of starters. So we always say the purpose is growth and the answer is yes. So we don't have formal leadership. We sit in a circle, anybody who wants to start something, a table, we call them tables. Um, if you wanna start a table about how to increase revenue in your business, start, ask the other women. It can be two people, can be 10. There's no fee to join us. The only thing we're looking for is the contribution of your expertise, your ideas, and your energy. That is just, uh, it's so uplifting. The way you described it, not waiting to be invited to the table. You're creating the table. You're walking right in. You're set in your place and you're saying, here, let's go. How can we help each other to learn with and from each other? I love it. I love it, Karen. Thank you. And so many times people really tell themselves what they can't do. And I think especially women, we have that voice inside our head that we're hearing that's saying, ah, well, you can't do that because you don't have enough experience. You don't can't apply for that job because you have that, you're missing that one skill in the job description. We have those long list of I can'ts that we tell ourselves. But the truth is, oftentimes the only thing that's stopping us from doing anything is that voice inside our head. And then when we actually write it down, start working on the different ways that you can, it turns out that you can absolutely do anything that you want. Well, we really never know what someone's context is, what they've experienced in that moment or that day or, or in that week, right? Absolutely. So that's why anyone can join our daily check-ins for Women in Lean anytime they want. They can come every day, they can come once and then not again for six months and it doesn't matter, they'll be welcome back. It takes us so long to unlearn what we learned in the business world, that there are a set set of rules that you have to do things this exact way. The truth is, we get to create all of the ways that we want to do things based on our purpose. We just have to unlearn all of those things, those long list of I can'ts that hold us back from creating the world in the way that we want to create it. Well, so that's one thing that you offer Women in Lean, a very unique title, by the way. Let me just look at my notes because you know I have to look at my notes. You teach women around the world to use creativity. And if anybody follows Karen, I encourage you to, uh, because talk about a creative individual. It just, every, every time you put something out on LinkedIn, I go, oh my, <laughs> it's fantastic and it's, it's very uplifting. You teach, the, you teach people to uh, generate ideas and then how to turn those ideas into better ways to work and kinder ways to live. What is your process for doing that, Karen? Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you asked me that. And oftentimes, Lean, which, you know, was created by Toyota, Toyota Production System, people think that um, that's a system for people who studied science or is mechanical or industrial. And I'm an artist. And well, why would I actually be teaching business leaders how to create better ways to work? So Creativity is part of our innate humanity. And when you think about it, although we often focus on, okay, well, let's in businesses solve problems that we already know about. The truth is that creativity allows us 
to create all different kinds of ways of working and things that we'd never thought of. When we all got sent home mm. to work because of the pandemic, so many people thought, I have a job that can't be done from home. But actually, they're doing the job from home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's good. So we actually need our creativity to overcome all of the I can'ts that we have in our head. So when we hear ourselves say, well, I can't actually start my own business at 55 because we can list all of those I can'ts. Then we can take those I can'ts one at a time, brainstorm all different kind of creative different ways to do that. And then once a day, try out those ideas. And I prepared a little graphic. Would it be okay if I showed it? Absolutely. Yeah, let's see it. This is something that any of your podcast viewers can do. It's really super simple. All you need is a piece of paper and a pencil. So on the top, write your target, which is just whatever it is that you dream of doing or you want to do or whatever process in your business you want to improve and the date by which you want to do it. Then list, I call it the long list of I can'ts. All the reasons you and others believe you can't. Choose one, doesn't matter which, because you're going to have to get rid of all of them. Mm -hmm. On the other side, write, how could I? And then start brainstorming all the different reasons, ways that you could. And here's the key. The brainstorming isn't enough. You need to take one idea each day and try it out. Some of them are going to get you closer to the target. Great. Some of them aren't. That's okay. Some of them are going to get you farther away, but think about it. One step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. Isn't that the way your mother told you all of life progresses? It's very true. And we can't stay in our comfort zone. It's our comfort zone will keep us right here, right? I love the way you described that too for our people who listen by audio. It's very perfect. It was well, well, uh, well um, explained. Uh, today, today, I just happened to jump onto LinkedIn before we, uh, we started this podcast. And Karen, you just announced a new fall professional development and personal growth series today. And actually, I was really thinking about, you know, it's summertime and a lot of times we feel like we have a break in summertime, but people really like things to look forward to. And especially in the pandemic world where we feel maybe we're missing some things. Mm -hmm. I thought, wouldn't it be great to actually just give some people some things to look forward to? So I'm going to do two things this uh, fall, three things actually. And the first is I'm going to do a course that's based on my highly acclaimed MBA course that I was teaching on Toyota Way to Service Excellence. And that's going to be eight weeks, totally interactive with a guided project that's going to focus on using Lean to improve service processes. The second, to focus on coaching, is going to be a coach along, actually for my <laughs> How to Coach for Creativity and Service Excellence coaching workbook. So this is it. There's 21 days of activities, and we're just going to do a coach along. People are going to do the activities. I'm going to guide them as the head coach. And the last, we're going to focus on personal development. So oftentimes, especially for women, we have trouble hearing and then listening to our own voices, the voice of our heart. We hear all those I can'ts from ourselves, from our parents, from what society tells us is not acceptable. 
for us to do. So we're going to spend August 19th to September 9th working on creative ways to actually hear and listen to our own voice, the voice of our heart, and figure out how to do the things that we truly dream of doing to fulfill our purpose in our own way. So I'm super, super, super excited. I am too. I, am too. And I, I purchased your book and honestly, um, I took a look through and you know what I love about what you just said? And so I'm a consultant for, for uh, aspiring authors as well. And, you know, I learned the hard way over really a year. I'm watching YouTube, figuring this out. You, when, you, when you guide someone hand in hand, it's not just hand, download this webinar, download this PDF, as you are now doing. Um, you can help them to meet exactly what their goals are and their needs are, as opposed to them trying to figure it out on a piece of paper. So that connection is the most important part about coaching, in my opinion. I agree. And I'm going to tie it back to what you said about push people out of their comfort zone, right? So oftentimes in coaching and whether it's book coaching or business coaching or personal development coaching, we think about the part that's challenging, push someone out of their comfort zone. But the truth is when they're in that uncomfortable zone where they don't have confidence because they haven't gone, done, done that before and we only gain confidence through doing what they need is someone to hold their hand, to nurture them, to care for them. And I think that's often missing. And that is what brings us right back to kindness. Mm -hmm. Because why wouldn't we treat people kindly in our coaching? Because that's actually going to model kindness for them and help them to be kind to other people too in their coaching and teaching. We're all interconnected. We're all interdependent. We all need to help each other. Well, and you model it in your, in your delivery. I, I've never heard until you and I spoke of right-sized pricing, your model. Help, help us understand what that means. Sure. Um, right-sized pricing is the business model that I've used since I started Karen Ross Consulting. And I will tell you, I had some people who told me that this would never work. All I do... I don't have a set fee for my services or products. I ask people to pay me what's comfortable and affordable for them. And then I'm happy and grateful <laughs> for what that is because actually I would never, ever, ever turn away someone who wanted to learn because they didn't have the money. That doesn't create a kind, inclusive world. That creates, uh, as is the basis to a lot of other problems that we see in the world. So people sometimes say, well, that's not a possible way to do business. How are you going to earn money? That's based on their incorrect thinking that people are gonna cheat people or people are gonna not be generous. I found absolutely the opposite. People are generous and kind. If we want to change the outcome, if we want to change the way things are, we have to change the process of doing them and in changing the process of how i price my services then i'm able to work on fulfilling my purpose of helping people improve the world i'm looking at creating a world of kindness and love before money so it works it totally it's works. The size pricing model it's a new one to me and i i love it i love it i'm gonna you know as you were speaking i just thought uh, a part Part of the negativity that's out there and you know social media has just brought that on tenfold in the last how many years is making just making personal choices on what we're going to engage in 
what we're not going to go engage in. And I'll make a little confession here. I was really getting caught up about a month ago on uh, some of the, oh, the copious amounts of misinformation going through Facebook and the accusations and the, I mean, it was just outrageous. I, I found some people went to a whole new level of, oh my, where are you coming from? And please stop, please stop. I took Facebook off my phone. I made that conscious decision. And now I go on in the morning and I go in in the evening because I do operate a business through Facebook, but I am conscious about what I respond to and what I ignore now and, and not get caught up in that emotional piece. We can choose what we engage in and what we don't engage in to help us get on that path. We need to be deliberate and intentional ah. about what we do for every single moment and what we engage in, the words that we use. I feel exactly like you do. So actually one of the new things that I put on Love and Kindness Project Foundation website is a social media community called Do Good Together. And it's a place for people to actually share the stories of kindness they've received, to share the stories of the tiny acts of kindness they've done. Because I felt the same way. I actually did some research. I started looking around. I couldn't find a single social media platform where people could connect and talk about the positive. If we listen only to the negative, if we see only images of the negative, we're missing a huge part of the story. We have to create that story. We need to post the good. So every morning in my Facebook group, I post a kindness practice prompt from my book, Think Kindly, Speak Kindly, Act Kindly. It's simply 366 different kindness practice prompts. So if you need an idea to start your tiny kindness practice, it's right there. We have to create a different way. Okay, Karen, would you share a couple of those tiny kindnesses just to get us all in the right mindset? I would love that, Lynn, and thank you for asking. The book is actually divided into three sections, and the first section starts with think kindly because our thoughts create the words that we speak. So the very first one says, assume positive intent. So all you need to do is take that as your practice in the morning. And when anybody speaks to you or you read something that maybe you don't agree with, just assume positive intent. And there's a space to say what I did, what happened, how I felt. So you can record your, your practice, just like in a journal. The second section is speak kindly. And the reason that we want to speak kindly is, hold on one moment. Our words influence our actions and create the world around us. So how about saying to someone, you've been so helpful. How many times does someone do something kind for us, take our dishes to the sink, um, you know, bring in a package for us? And we say nothing. Doesn't take any effort to say, you've been so helpful, and it's gonna make a kinder world. A simple acknowledgement. A simple acknowledgement, easy and free. And the last one is act kindly, because going right back to the beginning, actually, our actions create and generate our thoughts. So one of our prompts, oh, I like this one. Call your mom. 
Mm. Really simple. Maybe you're thinking about your mom today, but you didn't have a chance to call. Everything in this book, and it's 366 because actually it's a leap year this year, so there's one a day. <laughs> and everything in this book is easy and free. There's no reason that actually, oftentimes we think about being kind as donating. And of course, there's nothing wrong with donating money. But we don't have only to donate money to be kind. There's many other ways that we can contribute. And actually, I'm going to tell you a quick story about that, if that's okay. Absolutely. I have one to share with you as well. <laughs> so, so a couple of years ago, I got stranded in Toronto. I was in Ottawa and I was heading back to Chicago, but there was a snowstorm in Chicago. So I got stuck in Toronto and my parents-in-law live at Bathurst and Lawrence in Toronto. So I took the Bathurst bus up from the Island Airport and it was extremely cold and snowy and windy night. And I sat on the bus and two homeless people, two homeless men were sitting across from me on the Bathurst bus. It was obvious that they were there to, you know, get warm and get out of the cold. And they were chatting with each other and the bus was super packed. And a woman, probably my age, got on the bus and she was carrying so many groceries in tons of bags. And you could see she was looking for a seat and everybody was ignoring her. When she got near the back of the bus, one of the homeless men immediately got up and offered her his seat. Mm. And in that moment, it really became clear to me that every single person has something to give and contribute. Every single person can be kind. At that moment, what that lady needed was a seat on the bus. The three of them chatted the whole rest of the way until she got off of the bus. And so she gave them kindness and community and caring and respect back. That's the kind of world, your tiny kindness, your one more act of tiny kindness a day is going to create. Yeah, in spite of our own individual circumstances. So let me jump in. I love that story, Karen. Here's one here. So uh, last Saturday, uh, so this is, uh, yeah, about a, well, nine days ago now in uh, Essex County, Ontario, we followed uh, the, in the footsteps of our neighboring county, Kent County, and did a, what's called a miracle food drive. You've probably seen it all over. <laughs> so, I mean, the organization of this day was in incredible from um, people who were organizing and then there were areas set out and then there were captains put out in those, there were coordinators for each area and then captains under those area. And then people went on this list to sign up and there were so many people signed up to volunteer to do pickups and delivery of the food that some people didn't even, weren't even needed. So, um, I mean, I got my street, my little street of 12 houses. It was kind of lovely because you stand on the street and, you know, pick up a box and visit and visit and visit. But one week later, we're still sorting in my community. The arena is full of skids. I can't even tell you how many skids. We collected almost 29,000, uh, enough food to, to, for 29,000 homes over an entire year. That's one community. That's people putting two things at the curb that day, five things at the curb that day. Uh, it, it's just so, um, the power of many and all of those acts of kindness 29,000 homes for one year. Now our challenge is finding storage for all of the food that we've collected. But it's okay. We're figuring it out. Yeah. Right. And then you can use my, why can't we? <laughs> How could we? 
the truth is that story is absolutely an example of what Love and Kindness Project Foundation is working on. Mm. One more tiny act of kindness. You don't, your two cans are going, combined with my two cans, and people love to help, are going to feed 29,000. And and this is in the midst of people not having jobs, of having being laid off, of being at home with their children, and and still twenty nine thousand homes for a year. It's, it's just amazing. It is, and at the heart, people are kind. So we need to we need to tell that story. Yes, over and we need people and to find the kindness in their hearts. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to read a quote, Karen, if you don't mind, um, just to, to bring us to a conclusion, and then we'll ask you how people can contact you. How we get there is important as where we are going and putting the needs of others before our own is what service is all about. And that's your quote. And I think it encompasses your messaging today. Thank you so, so much. I agree. Oftentimes we're focused on the ends, but the truth is if we focus on the means, the one can or two cans from our house, the one tiny kindness that we do more today than we did yesterday, then we know the ends are going to turn out okay. My goodness. Well, I, I hope your phone, your phone, sorry, and your email is going to start blowing up <laughs> because I'm sure you've inspired many, many people to reach out to you. How can they connect? What's the best way they can connect you, Karen? Sure. You can connect to me at Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, at Karen Ross Consulting dot com or you can connect through love and kindness we have a contact form and of course anybody who would like to can phone me up in the united states area code 630-881-3068 i answer my own phone thank you very uh, much karen as i expected we did laugh we did smile i think the messages that you bring forward are needed uh not not just because of the situation we find ourselves in a pandemic but uh, the politics that are happening around us. And let's find a way to always put kindness first. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Lynn. And I always end every call the same way with a heart. I love it. Okay, so if you prefer watching podcasts on video, you can jump on over and subscribe to my YouTube page. And we now post a new episode every Wednesday. And on that note, have a healthy and safe day, everyone. Thanks for listening. For more episodes learning from people who are steering us in the right direction, visit lynnmclaughlin.com or subscribe to this podcast feed.